Welcome to the Be Real podcast. I am your host, Diana Gasparoni. I am a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her programs. Along with my amazing co-hosts, Anisha Salisbury and Divya Robin, each week we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists from various disciplines and schools of thought, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought-provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We will give you tips and insights to taking the next steps, or if you have already gotten in the door, to go deeper. Each week, we are going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions, reminding you that you are not alone. Mental health is my passion. I practice what I preach. I know that the struggle is real. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content, leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together and look underneath the surface and get real. Welcome back to Be Real. Oh my gosh, Diana. It is, we're about to do episode 10. I can't believe it. Just a little FYI, I was told by our wonderful producer that once you get past 10 episodes, you get like, you get all the kinks worked out (laughs) and and sort of like the jam is there. Like you got it. You got the flow. So I think that this is it. We're just, we've done it. I I do feel like we're flowing. I have to tell you, I'm definitely flowing now. I think more of my personality, more of me is here. Like all the anxiety that we had in the beginning, eh, it's kind of wearing off, you know? (laughs) You know, but but one week I'm doing really well. The other week I'm like, eh. But I will say this, that I'm noticing that this is such a a great distraction. You know, like this is like a highlight of my week. This is when I get to have fun. Um, this is when I get to laugh. And I, and in some ways, don't have to be so serious. We are going to have an amazing guest today, um, Amina Altai. So um, we're going to talk to her. But before we go into that, like, I just want to talk about what are we binge watching? Like, what, what, like, what, how, how are Girl. we escaping? How are we entertaining ourselves through the pandemic? Because we started a podcast during a pandemic. Let's just be clear about Let's that. be clear. Let's be clear. Wow. What? Ooh. Well, I'm trying to, <laughs> I was trying to watch Ozark and every time it turns on like 10 minutes in, I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> like I fought, like it's that. And I really love the first three seasons. I thought they were amazing, but they, um, they really, like it was just, I don't know if it's just too dark or it's just we turn it on too late, but I cannot, I can't focus. And so what I feel bad because what happens is we go back to watch it again the next day. And I'm like, where did I fall asleep? Right. <laughs> and, <then> we, <laughs> and, like, and he's like, oh yeah. And he goes back and he watches it again. I think he's going to see it like six times before I finish it the first time. <laughs> so I got to tell you, I'm all into Ozark. I am all in. I really? love Jason Bateman. I think. I mean, I do too. I can't stay awake though. Um, You're so, in. You're staying. Are you on the current season? Or are you catching up? I'm on. I'm, I'm on. I've binge watched. I started just yet. Like I started like a week or two ago. Oh, you like, binged. The whole I binged. Thing. I didn't know anything about this before the pandemic. Let me be clear about that. Never heard of the show before the pandemic. <laughs> what I did binge, which was like two weeks ago, is I binged All American on the CW. Which I've I did. never seen it. 
But oh, everyone girl. says it's amazing. Ugh, ugh, loved it. Everything about it. I just loved it. It was just, I, w- I waited patiently for season two. I got <laughs> season two and was very happy to find out there will be a season three. So I am in. I'm um, in, in. I like I like football. I like a football a football scenario. I like high school football scenarios. I'm a sports girl, so maybe I need to do it. But I have to say, and everyone's probably gonna laugh at this. I've been to watch Dexter, and everybody probably says like, "Oh my god, you didn't watch Dexter when it was on." And I remember seeing one or a couple of episodes, but it it I really wasn't that into it. But I watched all eight seasons. It's sad to say that I've had the time and and I've even had the wherewithal to watch eight, <laughs> eight You watched eight seasons of Dexter. So you chose serial killers for the pandemic. Interesting. But it is set in a beautiful place, isn't it? Oh my gosh. It's in Miami. So I think it, it just, I want to be there so bad. So... <laughs> Every time I watch it, I feel super good about myself. And it's like, okay, one day, one day soon. I'm one day soon. Be on a beach. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be getting on that plane again. I'm gonna be packing my suitcase, putting my bikini in the bag, getting my sunscreen ready, and I'm gonna be going to the beach. I think it's beautiful because it's like, all right, after I've had a day of being responsible, right? Like I've I've worked, I've done all of the things. This is how I've I've decided to entertain myself. So um, yeah, I'm I'm trying not to feel bad about that because I, I know that that is the reality of a lot of people right now. They're watching more TV than they ever have, and it doesn't always feel good though. Let's be clear about that. Sometimes I feel really guilty. <laughs> well, I yeah, I mean, I don't think that we should be judging ourselves for what we're doing when we're not working right now. And also, like, I haven't done a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of felt bad about that for a second, but I don't think I'm gonna do. I'm I'm gonna do a puzzle. So, what, so what are you? Go ahead. <laughs> no, you you I, asked I was me. gonna say, what, what's been your quarantine snack? What have you been snacking on, Diana? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I am a, my go-to is guac and chips and it will always be guac and chips, but I haven't. Oh my God. I love guacamole. (laughs) I make my own, but my grocery store, they have some like already made. You you could tell like they make it there and I wasn't going to buy it because I'm like, "Mm, it's probably not going to be great. Oh my goodness. This guacamole is amazing. Really? I bought like three the other day because I was like, mm, am I going back out to the grocery store like every two days? No time soon. <laughs> nope. This is a one, once a week if I'm lucky. Right. So, yes. Similarly to I got to gear myself up. And I got to gear myself up for four hours standing outside before I can get in. So I'm going to make sure I got all the guacamole I can get. <laughs> so, yes. For everyone's listening, we are in New York City. So, um we are waiting outside our grocery stores when we get inside. Only a certain number of people can be inside. We need to be six feet apart, right? Like there's so many pieces to the grocery store experience at this point. You only want to do it maybe every two weeks if you have to. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of rough for us. Yep. And we hope that you all are standing six feet apart in line to get into your grocery store, wherever you happen to be listening. I think we should get started with today's episode. What do you think? I think that we should. Do you want to do her bio, Diana? Oh, that's right. Because this is a friend of Diana's, right? So Diana, okay, so just so everyone knows, Diana has like the most interesting friends. (laughs) Not to say that I don't, but I think that she has like really great friends that um, are, are good guests for the topics that we are discussing. So I do really appreciate that. 
why don't you bring us in, Diana? Tell us a little bit about our guest. Okay. Our guest today is Amina Altai. Amina is a holistic business and mindset coach. She is the first social entrepreneur to successfully create a methodology that supports the health of a business and its people at the same time. After spending a decade grappling with a fast-paced career in marketing and two autoimmune diseases, Anima hit burnout. In hopes of healing her own life, she sought training in nutrition, fitness, and mindfulness, and her goal became to teach others how to balance a thriving career, body, and mind. She takes a body, mind, and business approach to coaching, examining any blocks in the mindset, in our bodies, and in our work to help us and our bottom line thrive. Ooh, that's nice. Progressive companies such as Deloitte, YNR, Outdoor Voices, NYU, and Huge have partnered with Amina. She's an entrepreneur magazine expert in residence and writes for Entrepreneur, Thrive Global, and Mind Body Green. And she's been featured in Goop and Well and Good. I get Well and Good every single day. It is my favorite newsletter, and I love their cookbook. So we're super excited to have Amina on today. Give a listen. During this time of COVID-19, we want to remind you to be patient and breathe. If you notice that you are having trouble sleeping or concentrating, that is natural under these circumstances. We all need a minute to adjust. However, if you are feeling overwhelmed, extremely anxious, or the isolation is too much, now may be the time to connect with a therapist. If you are in the New York area, please reach out to BeWellPsychotherapy.com And if outside the area, please connect to a therapist near you. Again, if you're in the New York area, please contact BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Now, back to our show. Good morning. Good afternoon or good evening. Who knows when you're going to be listening to this. It's me, Diana, your host at Be Real. It's episode 10. I can't believe it. We did it. We had to get over the 10 threshold and we are doing it. Anisha's here with me today. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning. Good afternoon or good evening. And we're super excited today. Our guest today is Amina Altai. We met, when did we meet? 2016, 2017? 16, 15, 14, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. At a conference, coaching conference. Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to remember. And it was, you know, one of those instant love fests that are so much fun when you have a girl crush right away and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get more of her. Um, Amina is a holistic business and mindset coach. And we're super excited to have her on today because we do know that a lot of things are happening out in the world as far as work and work has changed and the way we approach work is changing. So Anisha and I are really excited to get to know what she does and to talk a little bit about her work and how it works with our work. I'm going to let Anisha get started. So I have to say when um, I first started to, when I check out your website, I thought it was cool because I was like, how, how often do we look at like, if a business is going to be healthy, then it's people need to be healthy. Right. And I think that based on what's going on around us, that's going to become more and more important. So for, for, for me, when I read that, I was like, I can't wait to talk to her. Right. Like I can't wait to have our (laughs) listeners hear more about her. So um, why don't we start there? So if you want to share a little bit about what you do and who you are with our listeners, that would be great. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with both of you today. Virtually, obviously. (laughs) Yes, virtually. We are in separate places doing our part at the distancing. 
So I'm Amina Altai. I'm a holistic business and mindset coach, and I help people feel really good in the context of their work. And I do it through a mind, body, and business approach. So look at what's happening in the mindset, look at the signals our bodies are sending us, and then the strategies and tactics that we're using in our work that set us up for success or sometimes not so much. And I came to this work because for a very long time, I did not feel good in my work. I did not feel authentic in it. I was having lots of interpersonal challenges. Um, and I eventually hit burnout and developed two autoimmune diseases. And so I went on this journey to really heal myself, um, studying everything from meditation to nutrition to movement to coaching, you know, was so lit up by how I was feeling, what was available to me when I actually felt good. I thought, okay, now I need to teach this. I've been doing that for about five years now. Um, it's my second or maybe even third career. I can't even tell you at this point. <laughs> I'm a multiple career girl myself, so yeah, I appreciate that. The multi-hyphenates. And I also believe that careers aren't linear. And I think we need to give ourselves permission to try things on for a size and see what feels good and what feels really true for us. And, and that's part of what I teach too. Um, a little bit about me on the personal side. I'm half Iraqi, half Welsh. Um, I was born in London. I grew up in New Jersey. I have four sisters, which blows everybody's mind. And what else? I live in Brooklyn with my husband and a ton of giant plants. So I'm so surprised that you're a Jersey girl. You have great hair to be a Jersey girl. No, no offense to Jersey girls. <laughs> I thought Jersey girls were like known for their hair. It was like one of the yeah, things. But that... Sometimes it's too much. And <laughs> <laughs> you probably okay. caught me on a good day because sometimes my hair is a lot. <laughs> Very funny. Um, I loved hearing all of that, and I do. I Okay, I did stop and pause a minute being one of five girls, but that's, we can talk about what that's like later. I mean, there, so you have four sisters, so there's five girls? Yes, I have four amazing sisters. And it's been such a trip my whole life. So my dad's Iraqi, my mom is Welsh. And so obviously very different cultures, very different lived experiences for those two individuals than coming together. And that we have, so there's five of us and we're all so different in appearance, in personality. It really runs the gamut. We literally go from like vivacious 510 blonde to, you know, petite me. It, it's hilarious. It really That's hilarious. It runs the gamut and everyone's so different and has their own thing. And it's so cool. They're the coolest people I know. Oh, that's super fun. We're all from fair. I mean, I am have the least amount of siblings in this group because Anisha's got a full house over there too. I'm one of seven. <laughs> oh, I love it. Was it fun <laughs> growing up with seven? It was so much fun. I think it's even more fun now. We go on a family vacation together every year, every yeah, summer. All, so we're all together in one house. All it's 150 like of them. Of <laughs> Gold. I love that. And the biggest Airbnb ever. I do get to see some of the videos that come out of those. <laughs> that could be a show in and of itself. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yes, it is a show in, it is. in and of, it in is. And of it's itself. It's definitely a lot of fun. Oh my goodness. I don't even know where you could go down so many rabbit holes right here because I can stay on the sibling thing forever. But I really do want to talk a little bit about what's happening in the world and where your work is taking you right now. I think that that's really important for us to hear because I know that we are talking to people from a different lens and lots of our people have been laid off or furloughed or worried about their jobs. And what are you hearing? What's what's happening over there with you? All of that. So people... <laughs> People yeah, being yeah. furloughed, small business owners taking big hits in terms of projects and their revenue. So really seeing it all. And it's so interesting going into sessions. Like you never know where a session's gonna go. Sometimes you have Ever. an idea because 
Right. right. Especially for you. So I have a program that I take people through at a high level, right? I always say that we create a pretend instead of an agenda because it's like, we're going to go in this direction, but who knows where we're really going to go. And sessions have been kind of really wildly vacillating these last couple of weeks. Some people come in and they're like, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling like I'm ready to lead the revolution and I'm super clear on who I am in this context. And then there are people that come in and they've been blindsided and they're in, in their grief and we need to work on and process that grief before we can do anything else. It's really been all over the place and just a very humbling and human experience for us all. So when people um, talk to you now, these are um, existing clients I'm gathering. Do, mm-hmm. Have you gotten any new clients since the pandemic has kind of started and we've been going through this crisis? You know, it's so interesting. So I didn't know what this was going to mean for me. I grew up in sort of a tumultuous household upbringing. So I'm like primed for crisis. It's generally where I shine. It's so interesting. Like I I almost don't do well when things are just like great and smooth. I'm like, where's the crisis? (laughs) Where's that fire? (laughs) Exactly. I'm so ready to put it out. Who's got a fire? I didn't know where this was going to take me, but I felt very grounded and I knew that I had something to offer and that I could help in some way. And so I started to see sales calls on my calendar get canceled or people just not show up for them. And I was like, okay, this is indicative of where people are or what we're currently feeling. And then in the last two weeks, strangely enough, those sales calls have come back on the calendar. I closed a new client yesterday. So it's interesting who's feeling ready to do this work and have these conversations. I feel really clear that as women come into these sessions, all the women that I work with are mission driven. They put people first and they are ready to to make a change, to, to do something different. And what we're seeing in this moment is that things are broken and there's an opportunity for people that are ready to do business or to stand in their truth and do things a different way. When some of the women came into the sessions and, you know, they were well positioned, they had their like six months or a year's worth of savings, they'd lost their job and they came in and they were like, listen, I'm ready to lead this conversation. I know the space that I'm in is broken now and they need a voice. They need thought leadership to tell us what this version 2.0 or whatever looks like. And I'm ready to be that person. And then there are people that also are just like, I can't have any conversations right now. And I just need to ground and sit. And so it's been really interesting where people are coming and how they feel ready to, to dig in or not. And the impact that it's had on my business has been interesting too. And I'm just curious and watching and learning. Um, I know for me personally, outside of my role of the one-on-one therapist and leading my group is really like finding the language and skill set to be the most effective leader I can be right now has been my biggest challenge, right? Like how to, and also how to lead over Zoom. <laughs> that has been, did you like that? I think that that not being able to be in the room and being able to read the room and get those feelings, the oxytocins off of people and like being able to pull them in in that way has been my biggest struggle. Have you seen that? And what have, what kind of, what kind of tips? <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking for some coaching tips here. Yeah. So it's interesting because I, the work that I do when I kick people off, I kick off with a deep dive retreat. It's a half day retreat and it's always in person. And so I've had to move that to zoom, but usually Mm -hmm. my are on Zoom, so I'm pretty well versed in that space. But I created a best practices guide for Zoom 
for myself and for clients as well. So how do we facilitate groups? How do we cultivate that same level of connection? How do we create the safe container? And so putting together a list from everything of like, let's be present, let's find a quiet space, let's honor people's um, requests for confidentiality by not having other people around us, just little things. And then like going through the hit list of being like, okay, this is the a container that I'm going to create. This is how I'm going to make people feel safe. This is where I might need to turn up the dial a little bit so they can kind of feel more of me in the virtual room than you know, as if we're in a physical room together. So just being really cognizant of that. And just I literally created a hit list of like, this is what I need to create in this virtual space right now. As I listen to you, I'm realizing that um, because your approach is more mind, body and business, it's so beautiful because as therapists, like the first rule that we have is you meet someone where they are. So when a person comes to you and like, they're not ready to talk about the business part, right? But you can try and ground them on like, where's your mental state at, right? Like, or in your body, like, how, how do I help you? with that. So I love the fact that you have all of these kind of different approaches and you bring them all together and, and how great that would be if, you know, if I was your client, I'm thinking if like from a business approach, I just can't do it right now, but you yeah. can help me in so many other ways. Thank you so much. And it's been so helpful now more than ever. So, you know, I had somebody in session yesterday and one of the, we're, we're rumbling with a lot of challenges and we, we couldn't go there. We definitely couldn't go there. But what we could do was spend the first 15 minutes meditating and grounding and using a lot of those mm -hmm. tools and, and they help us create objectivity and they also help us feel into our bodies, especially now we're running so fast. We're so caught up with the cascade of hormones and adrenaline and cortisol and just trying to keep keep our head above water that we kind of come out of our bodies and we detach. And so just that simple invitation to just be in our bodies and see how that feels and see how our breath feels and where that is can be such a game changer. And then if we feel like we can talk about what's happening in the business, we can go there. And if we can't, we just, we are where we are. Some of the clients that I see now, I'm noticing that um, their employers are either expecting more from them Mm -hmm. or just have unrealistic expectations in some ways of what they are capable of. So I do believe that the work that you do is going to become so important in the time that we're living in and like post the pandemic, just to help businesses understand that you need to meet your employees where they are, right? Like maybe they can't focus clearly on the business when, you know, they're dealing with trauma. Let's just say it. Like so many people right now are dealing with trauma. I'm so happy to hear you name it. It is so traumatic for everyone. And right now it's asking for more empathic leadership than we've ever had before. And so mm -hmm. really asking people to lean into that empathy. So in, in conversations from groups to one-on-ones that I've had over the last couple of weeks, the conversations have been like, well, how do I really support my employees? How do I lay people off? And it's, S similar skill sets or similar things are being asked of us, right? Really dial up the empathy, really be in the feelings with people. So we don't need any of that shiny leadership that people can't connect with. None of that. Everything's perfect because we all know that the room is on fire. So let's <laughs> lean into that. I love that. I love that. The room, <laughs> oh, is, on the room is on fire. Right. Like we're all sitting at our laptops typing, being like, everything's fine, but the room's on fire. Like, let's be real. Being as human as we possibly can, sitting in the emotions with people, because when we have these tough conversations, oftentimes we can want to race through it, right? And oftentimes we also want to deliver it in the way that we would want to feel it. But how do they want to feel it? Who are they as a communicator? How can you deliver this in a way that is really deeply resonant with them to show that you are supporting in the best way that you possibly can? And being real and honest and bringing people on the journey and not in an emotionally slutty way, for lack of a better term, but in a way that is... <laughs> <laughs> and vulnerable so that 
one of the challenges I was navigating this week with someone was, you know, they're a small business owner, and they are going to need to take on more projects at lower rates than they usually do. And so that means that it might tax their team. And so how do we work with the team to so that they feel okay? So first of all, having a town hall with them where we're really leaning into that vulnerability, where we're checking in on them and asking them how they feel about this and how they might approach these challenges. And then how they might design this too, because it's a lot to ask someone to work extra to be more in this time when we're just literally trying to survive. So are there schedules that we can create? Can we cascade this? Can somebody work one day and then somebody the other day? Like, how can we design this in a way that is human first, and also allows us to really preserve people's jobs and the businesses? But, you know, what we're being asked to do right now is put human first and revenue second. And I think that's the biggest shift that we're seeing in the context of brand and business. Human first and brand second. Amazing. It just, I like my my heart is full (laughs) that it's human first and brand second. It's just, I mean, it's been a long time since I have not worked in a setting that was human first. No, having had that experience in a career long ago, like it's just so nice to know that that is a message that is going to be put out into the world that like we're going to we're going to be concerned about you as a person and then let's let's work from there. I had a couple questions. I heard you say that you were working with uh do you only work with women? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. It's totally cool, but I get it. I get it. I mean, it's very um it's language that's really digestible for women, I think, and that like this is also what I'm hearing and what I'm feeling that is such an amazing time for female leaders. Yeah. Like with this opportunity, with this language, with what is being asked from the human side, I think that like it is really a time for female leaders to really shine because a lot of these qualities are more feminine than they are masculine. And so how to support ourselves as women who are moving forward as leaders, like having these opportunities to like, okay, well, we're going to be creative, we're going to grow, we're going to use all of our, now all of our skill sets are really going to be called to task. And they will be called to task in a way that is really important to like, rebuild once we open back up, which I think is incredible. All right, I had another question. And it slipped in my mind. Oh, I know we're taught we are having this I know why it's slipping my mind because it's hard to talk about. So a lot of what we're talking about right now is we are all very fortunate. We're all working. I do count my blessings that we are all able to still work and we're in just like a very unique position. Um, how are, what is your message or what are your, what opportunities are you thinking about for people who have been furloughed or have been laid off? And like, this is sort of a time where you're like, how am I going to support myself? What am I going to do? Have any have any of your clients, I mean, our conversations are different, have any of your clients been laid off or furloughed and how have you approached that? So absolutely, been laid off, been furloughed, lost projects, all of it. So mm-hmm. the first thing is looking at what's out there that can be supportive of you, whether it's unemployment, um, small business grants and loans. So seeing what is out there resource-wise that can be supportive of you and making sure you filed all of that paperwork because we need our basic human needs met right now, right? We need to pay the rent, we need mm-hmm. to put on the table to feel safe before we can have those conversations of, well, what's the big juicy thing that I'm going to do next? We need to feel safe and taken care of. And then once we've been able to navigate that, hopefully we've been able to navigate that because I know, you know, so many people 
20 million people right now filed for unemployment. The website keeps crashing. People have been trying to submit their applications for weeks. So that's that's super real right now. So if they've been able to do that, that's amazing. But I also think that part of the way forward is really coming home to ourselves, doing things in a way that is so authentic to us. And that's how we create differentiation. That's how we create truth. Because I think we've been in a space where we have lost ourselves, right? We've lost ourselves to cultural, societal, familial programming. And this Mm -hmm. is for me and how I actually came to this work. And when we're all in that performance piece, it's not resonant with people. We can't deliver in a true and authentic way. And there's a disconnect. And so I think part of the invitation here is to come home to ourselves to deliver things that are real and true for us that can really be in service to others and humanity. You know, and it goes back to that human first revenue second. Yeah, of course, everybody needs to make money, everybody needs to keep the lights on and pay their people and put food on the table. But when we put humans first and revenue second, we live in a very different world. And it's a very different context. And I think that's what we're being asked to do. And I think it's also this moment of streamlining. I was in conversation with someone yesterday when we were talking about uh, brands and marketing. Like, how can anybody market anything right now? How can anybody quote unquote sell something right now? And I don't think that we have to say, no, don't sell anything. But I do believe that gone are the days of planned obsolescence. We can't be saying, you need this next cell phone for XYZ reasons. I think it's a moment where we are... Right? It's just, that's not the world that we live in anymore. It's a moment of streamlining and offering things that are real and true and valuable and that will actually enhance our lived experience and support us in human transformation. That's what we're being asked to give right now. So taking care of ourselves first and foremost, making sure that those baseline needs are met and then inviting ourselves into that conversation of well, what could this mean for me and my work moving forward? How can I distinguish myself, whether it's in the context of an organization and a job or in building something? How can it be of service? to humanity? How can I be human first, revenue second? I guess for me, I think it's going to be really hard for a country that puts work first. Like work always seems to be the priority in our country, right? Like when we go to dinner with people, like they're still sending emails at nine o'clock and they think it's okay, right? Like a lot of Americans are not taking their vacation time, right? Because they feel that they should be at work or they're afraid that they're going to lose their job. So I'm just wondering, like, as a society, are we going to be able to put humans first and revenue second? You know, I, I feel like it's just going to be such a hard thought process for so many businesses, maybe small businesses. It may be easier for them because they kind of um, are much have a closer relationship with their um, employees. But when I think about big business, I'm wondering how will this really work? Yeah. And, but that's the, the road that we have to pave ahead. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm just very confused about how it's going to work. It's yeah, been conditioned. We've been conditioned for too long. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know the answer to that. Like we are really consumerist. We are really individualistic as society. And so I think we're totally being asked to rewire our brains. And I think we're being asked to be like heart first, head second. Is that something that we can do? And like you said, I think some small business owners are really primed to have those conversations. But and I don't know if this is lip service, but I saw um, I saw an ad from Dove Canada where they basically had taken images from social media from healthcare workers and put them all together in this beautiful montage and then said that they were donating product to healthcare workers. And so I think that's a small step in the right direction, whether, again, it is heart first, head second, who knows, maybe it's a ploy, but I'm going to lean into hope there. But I do think it also rests on us that already are in that space to lead this conversation forward. And I also believe that consumers are going to help us turn the corner here or, or step into that um, human first revenue second, because 
we vote with our wallets, right? So where we spend our dollars matters. And so are we going to give our dollars to the people that we know just want our money? Or are we going to give our dollars to the people that really are supporting our society, our growth, our people? Right. And we're also at this moment as right? Where are we putting our dollars? We're putting our dollars into things that we need that make us feel good, right? Mm -hmm. So we are spending with our hearts. We're not spending with our, because we don't, we're not seeing anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. So like, like, we're not spending with that part of our, with that part of ourselves who's like, oh, I need this or, oh, I need the shiny thing because we don't need a shiny thing. Like when I had, we have had uh, a few jokes over here about quarantine purchases and the thing. <laughs> <laughs> the things that I've purchased have been things to make me feel comfortable, but also yeah. things to make me feel good, right? Like one bought something so that I could teach um, my partner how to stand on his head, right? So this has been, we had a headstand bench, but like then I, I've, and since then we've stopped purchasing, but the joke is still there. Like, what are we going to purchase today? What's in your cart? What do you need? And it's like, I don't really need, like the things that I need are things to nourish myself, which mm -hmm. I know is one of your favorite words, Amina. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, and that's just it. I want to feel nourished with my purchases. I don't want to feel that I'm being taken advantage of or that I'm buying it, the shiny things so that like somebody can, I'm showing off for somebody else. Like it has to make me feel good and make my heart sing at this point. And I think that that's what we're going to see as far as like what kind of messages we're getting. Although somebody did try to sell me a car the other day on the television. And I almost went for it. I almost went for it. <laughs> but I was like, I got nowhere to go. But the offer was so great. I was like 0% for 84 months. And I was like, how long is 84 months? I might need a car. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need a new car. I got nowhere to go. But it's interesting to see how, like what that message is and how we are going to be wrapped up, how we were wrapped up in messages before and what that shift will be and what that mindset will be and how we will put ourselves out and package our as and as a small business owner who is human first revenue second but like even when i was thinking about selling new products online or what i was doing like making sure that they were relevant to what was happening right now not i don't want to be too pushy i don't want people to think that like i'm pushing something to market right away because i'm in a crisis like i want it to be something that is thoughtful and making sure like what we do is thoughtful <laughs> for sure but there is there can be that marketing pitch behind it that doesn't feel good and i want to make sure that like as i'm looking at it and packaging it and talking about it it is thoughtful to where people are right now and what the future will look like. I mean, I'm looking at for just from a mental health perspective of what it's going to be like when people do get the opportunity to go back into an office and will they go back and how, what that transition will be like for, for the psyche. And I'm wondering, I'm going to, what you're seeing as far as people going back to work together in an office, are they looking forward to it? Are they enjoying this virtual work? being separate. Before we go there, I just want to hit on what you were saying about <laughs> nourish. If, if you'll indulge me. Uh, yes. The purposes we make right now, because I think you're so spot on. So a lot of the times when we're uh, filling ourselves up with things, it comes from a space of unmet needs or deep void. But right now we're looking at things, okay, what do I really need? And why do I need it? Right? So if we were purchasing mm -hmm. things in the past for external validation, now we're saying I need this to feel safe, to feel good, to thrive in this current moment versus something that's outside of ourselves. So I think this it's this beautiful reconciliation for a lot of us about why we consume. And I think that's also going to partly shift our culture too. And then you're saying too, from the creator's perspective of really leaning into this idea of what we're creating being of the utmost value for people and not just getting something out there to get it out there 
to sell something for selling something's sake. No, like I need to make sure that this is going to transform your life or support you in a real and deep and true way. I mean, there's, I don't know, I could go on and on and on about what we should purchase and when we should purchase it and all the content. I mean, we also are getting so much content now more than ever. And it's so, I feel so overwhelmed by the content that's coming through um, between the emails and I love me some Instagram, Um, but uh, like, but even like what people are buying and what people aren't buying and what, I mean, people are buying pretty masks right now so that they can go out in public and feel cute. And I can understand that. (laughs) And I, you know, I've scanned Etsy in my spare time to see, but like, I think all of the content, I have a little bit of content drain and I'm wondering, because I know a lot of the work that you do with small businesses and the work that you do to get yourself out there is a lot of it is online. Like, what are you seeing as far as content and far as, or what are you suggesting as far as putting content out in the world? Yeah, so interesting that you asked that because I too felt really overwhelmed by all of the content and there's so much beautiful content out there. There's all these presentations and free workouts and beautiful tools, but I felt overwhelmed by that too. Every day in my inbox was a teacher who was sharing something and I'm so grateful for it, but it, it felt, it didn't feel good anymore. And so I actually took a two day silent retreat at home, which was the most nourishing thing that I could do for myself. And I set some boundaries around it. You know, I spoke to my husband and said, Hey, like, listen, for two days, I'm going inward. So no talking to me, but if you need me, you can leave me a message on this, on this notebook that's in the kitchen. And I, <laughs> I love that. Oh my God, it was so great. And I, you know, checked email once a day, because that's what felt good for me. But and also for me, I'm the consummate doer. So I was like, I'm not going to use this two days just to like do something. I'm just going to like sit and be and be with my thoughts and understand what's mine and what's everybody else's. And creating that line of separation was so important, not just as a human in the world, but also a creator too, to really think deeply about, well, what do I want to put out in terms of social messaging? What do I want to put out in terms of offerings? What's true for me? What would I want to receive? What's helpful? really asking myself all of those deep questions outside of the noise. So if that's available to people, I think it's such a nourishing thing to offer ourselves, even if it's for, you know, a couple of hours on the weekend, if it's possible, but really taking that step back, separating what's yours and what's everybody else's, and then asking what would be true for you to put out and create. I actually don't feel like being on social media every day. It was a space that I was very active, whether on stories or in feed or what have you. And now, you know, I know first and foremost, I need to give to my clients, I need to give to myself and my family. And then if I get to social, beautiful, that's extra. Um, and But always making sure that it's truly in alignment with me. Anisha, how are you feeling about the content over there? I'm definitely a bit overwhelmed. Um, I think that everyone feels the need to be on live or or tell us this story. I just want people to take more time to just be with themselves and just kind of figure it out. Like, what am I truly feeling right now? Um, you know, how is this really impacting me? I think that, again, Diana, we've talked about this pressure to be, produce. I mean, to have all produce, right? Like the pressure to produce, to have like all of this motivation to, to, to write a book, to learn a new language, you know, to do 10,000 things when, you know, people are like the world around me is on fire, right? My room is on fire, but you want me to produce all of these things. So Diana is a producer. That's what she does. Like she'll come to me and she'll say, we're going to do this. And then the next week we're ready to go. Right. And I'm, I'm so, my pace is so much slower. Right. So I'm, I'm the one who's been home, like struggling, being productive. And she's just like on autopilot. So it's just interesting to me to see all of the people who are online, who seem like they're on autopilot, but I'm wondering what they're really feeling, what they're really going through when they're not online. Like what is life really like? It feels Uh, like a mask. 
I'm sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, well, it's interesting because I've, I've also been thinking about that because it is, uh, like Amina, I am like, I'm good in a crisis. Like I, like I turn on, I don't, I don't think about it. I go get the fires out and do everything that I need to do. And I am noticed, I have noticed that I'm maybe a little bit more tired than normal. And I think that's natural right now because I don't think that we're at all, even without going into overdrive, that we're doing less because we're actually doing more. Like there's way more to do every day. And I know that this is my producing is where I'm putting my anxiety. So if I sat, I, because, and it was, I had a physical reaction, I think it was yesterday or the day before that I was like, oh, oh, that's an interesting heart race. Okay. We're just, <laughs> that, that's funny. I wonder where that came from. Oh yeah. I haven't felt that before. Oh, but then I was able to like, I know that I've been craving acupuncture because that would be the way that I would calm myself down now. Um, and I, it doesn't, I don't feel manic by any sort of diagnosis, but that like <laughs> in this state, in this, making sure that, I, that I'm clear about that, but like there is a level of heightened awareness or movement that I would give myself that space to have acupuncture and then to be able to bring myself down. Right. And I know that that is my go-to and I know that I can't have acupuncture right now, which is kind of a bummer. So I've definitely been incorporating different wellness tactics that I have like in my back pocket. There's been more yoga over here. Uh, We sat down this morning, my partner and I, and we meditated together, which is not normally something that we do. We have separate meditation practices, but that was really nice. Um, It was a really nice way to ground myself and get going. And then I've carved out specific times over the weekend where I won't be working and I won't be trying to put out a fire when I, because I realized that the fire is actually out and that I am the fire. (laughs) Like there's nothing, there's really nothing else I can do. Like I can't, like I've done everything and I am now creating my own fire. So I'm going to put that out and just be quiet on Saturday and let that do its thing. And then Sunday, I'll probably do a little bit of work because I'll just have to, and then get back to it on Monday. But it, the doing is how I'm coping. And I know that some people might not be aware that they're doing it to cope, but that I am aware that if I slow down, then I will feel, I won't be able to hold it together. Like that won't, that won't be a thing. (laughs) That's so profound, especially that you are the fire that that's deeply resonant with me. Yeah. I mean, um, it's very interesting. I read this article in psychology today, just this morning, a friend sent it to me about people who are putting together these like really shiny Instagram posts and everything looks great. And like, they've made their sourdough bread and like their quarantinis and, <laughs> and they're just like living life and doing so great. And then it's triggering this entire other population. And basically the article was talking about how it's really tied to this, this need to appear perfect, right. And perfectionism and imposter syndrome. And then how, Instagram and social channels become the outlet for that. Mm-hmm. It was just so interesting and made a ton of sense. Yeah, I do often say on the regular, <laughs> my my go to often my back pocket go to is when I hear people comparing themselves to other people or things that they've seen on Instagram or what have you. I'm like, they're lying. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. That's it's sick. a lie. It's like one one iota of their day or their time or their life. Like they've taken this thing and they they've taken a picture of it. They've prepped it, taken a picture of it, given it to you to see forever. And then you're like, oh, 
Like every time I post a picture of this cute little puppy, it's a lie because he's like running around chasing a ball, barking. Like I'm not doing it. He's not right now. He's actually in his crate. I'm capturing the moment that makes my life look perfect. And I'm sharing it with you because that's what we've been conditioned to do. The rest of their lives or all of the social, everybody else's life, whatever is just, it's not, we can't show it that way. So it's, I mean, it's a lie, <laughs> but it's not, that, it's like, it's just a vision. It's just, a, it's a snippet, it's yeah. a little snippet. It's a snippet. It's a mood board that's been retouched 17 times. <laughs> not <Yeah>. real life. <laughs> yes. It's like, if your life was this perfect Pinterest page, which it never is ever, okay. ever, ever doesn't exist. No. So, so for me, I, I want us to, um, maybe get back to some of the work that you're doing, Amina. So I know you have a really exciting new initiative. Um, yeah, let's bring it back a little let's bit. Bring it back. I know we can go, we, we can go so far. Um, thriving in a global crisis. Um, so if you could tell us about that and, um, yeah, we'll actually share the link on our social channels and post it on the Be Real page. But if you could talk a little bit about thriving in a global crisis, this initiative that you have. Thank you so much. So, I read this article a couple of weeks ago and it really, I felt it in my bones and I even dreamt about it that same night and I was like, okay, there's something juicy in here for me. So basically the article was saying that COVID-19 has really split us into two groups, the makers and the takers. So people, the makers are people who are really contributing to society. They're supporting others. They're not self-focused and the takers are taking and they're self-focused. And I don't believe in binaries in that way, but I do believe that we are on a spectrum and I was very clear what end of the spectrum that I wanted to be on. And so, you know, part of what, you know, I went inward and I started to meditate and think of, well, how can I be of the highest service right now and do something really meaningful and true? And so I thought of three things. So one was the digital course, Thriving in a Global Crisis, which I'll go into. Um, the other was to host uh, free healing circles for those that have been impacted by the crisis and just need to process the emotion. I'm doing that in collaboration with um, a friend of mine who's a doctor of Chinese medicine. And then also for the first time opening up single sessions. So we only usually do group packages. So I'm opening up these single sessions and then donating all of the revenue of those single sessions. So figuring out how we can take resources, donate resources from those that have it to those that don't. The first of these to roll out was the Thriving in the Global Crisis course. And so this is for anybody that has either lost a job, lost projects, been impacted by the current crisis that we're in, which is pretty much everyone. We It's seven modules and we do everything from navigating grief and fear, which is the first stop, because like like you said, we're this is trauma. We're all in trauma. So how do we navigate and approach that grief and fear? And then how do we get real with ourselves? Where is our genius? How can we turn that genius into something that can be supported? of our lives and help us make money, whether it's um, a side project that we build or a new revenue stream we introduce in our business or a job that we position ourselves for during and after this crisis. And then giving people tools to really create work that's in alignment. Uh, how do you design vehicles that are aligned with your values, with what you want to impact in the world? Or how do you get a job that's in alignment with what you value and what you want to impact in the world? And giving them their, everything in there from videos to meditations to worksheets on how to navigate this moment. So it's um, 15% off with code be real. And then I'm also donating 15% to no kid hungry. Oh, that's Ooh, amazing. I love that it's code be real. Yep. 
<laughs> That's so great. That it sounds so perfect. And what I really I like that it, we are looking at two two types of people, right? Because I some of these and I think the online courses are great. I am not knocking online courses at all, but I think when they're geared just to the entrepreneur and the push to be an entrepreneur, that there is a huge percentage of the population that really wants like the safety of a job. And so that you both you've looked at both people, both sets of people, and you're offering that offer is for everybody. So that's amazing. And I love it. And I can't wait. I can't wait to promote it. And get it out there. Yay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I love that the first module is around fear and grief, right? Like, cause we need to talk about that before we can talk about anything else. So I'm glad that you put that as a focus. So you let people know, like, I know where you are. Right? And I want to help you through that first before we can talk about all the other things that you can produce and all the other things that you can do. Let's kind of meet you where you are, which is dealing with the fear and the grief first. Yeah. yeah. So as a therapist, I'm just so happy about that. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And that was part of my process too. Before I could do anything, I was like, oh, what is, what is this feeling? Oh, okay. I know this feeling. This is grief and this is heavy and this is going to be a cha-cha and you know, I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow, but I really had to be in my own feelings before I could even come to that work. And so it's partly the process I took myself through too. I love that your work is so connected to mental well-being. Um, and so how, and I don't think people think about like how important your mental well-being is when it comes to all of the other things that you do in life, right? Like your work um, with your family, your time with your friends, all of it is just connected to your mental well-being. So I love that your work focuses on that as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. It can't be compartmentalized, right? Like you have to, in order to work and show up, you have to, all of the chatter in your head comes with you, right? Like in all, whatever it is. And so you, even though we do compartmentalize when we go to work and then we come home and we compartmentalize again, if you aren't mentally well through all of it in some way or addressing whatever, wherever your mindset is and your mental health, then I mean, we talked about it at the beginning, your burnout, like that's what happens. It's not an alignment. We're not, we're not really paying attention to the cues in the body or in the mind. And how are we going to show up for every, for ourselves most, most importantly. And that is what your work is really helping and bringing and nourishing people to do. And I love that. Thank you so much. You had a beautiful quote on Instagram talking about how our mental health and our physical health are by demand. It's so true. And it's been so true for my experience. And we talked in the beginning about burnout and autoimmune disease. And for the longest time, I didn't understand why my body expressed autoimmune disease. And then I started to do a lot of digging around mind body connection and just understanding how I would, was feeling in the context of work and my interpersonal relationships and allowing that emotion to sit in my body and not processing it. And I think there's lots of other pieces that go into autoimmunity, but there is a really big mindset component and mental well-being piece of it too. So oh, it's yeah. all connected. It's so important that we check in on all pieces of our being. Oh, we're all together. It's all intertwined. That mind-body <laughs> connection is not separate. <laughs> it goes well, it's in. It's what? in. It's in together. Like that it's sourdough bread. <laughs> we're making <laughs> Instagram. It's all together. <laughs> if I can go back for a second to your like your home silent retreat that you did for two mm -hmm. days, what tools did you use to kind of set that up for yourself? And you know, what can you help listeners with if they wanted to do something like that? I mean, I don't want to make a joke, but I'm still thinking about that notebook that I'm going to leave on the dining room table, and I want to see how that goes, and I will report back and be like, hey. <laughs> I think it's so interesting for people with partners, right? And also parents. Like, 
have children or people who have partners, roommates, like someone else is living with them. How does this go over? So yeah. if you could talk a little bit more. About I it, just, I love, and I love that he agreed. Okay. Real talk. We have never gotten <laughs> so well. As we did, and we didn't talk for two days. Like that was like the highlight. Like, like big, like note. Did he leave you like love notes in the notebook? I mean, this is amazing. Like you could express yourself however you want. You just put it in the notebook and you like walk away. He like totally did. So he yes. I, he kicked this off. So I came out the first morning and there was the notebook on the counter and he wrote, you know, I hope this is really meaningful for you. Love you so much. You let me know if you need anything. And I was like, oh my God, this is a record. Like, what's happening? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I would say like the most important thing for me was setting boundaries ahead of time and like over communicating those boundaries. So I have a virtual assistant that I work with uh, part time and I was like, could you please block and tackle for me? So I'm going to tell everybody that I'm doing this thing, but you know, me, I have a tendency to jump in even when I'm not supposed to. So like, please, please help me create this boundary. And she was so amazing. And she was mostly, you know, tackling the client emails and things like that, even though I prepped people ahead of time, and then letting other people know that I'm in daily contact with, hey, I'm doing this thing. And I set myself some rules, like I wanted to check in on my mom. So that's something that I did. Um, like I said, I checked email once a day. Um, and I also was not using this time to be productive. It was there was, um, I had this calling to revisit the Bhagavad Gita, because I was like, Oh, there's, there's some lessons in there for me. So I did that. And then I also had a calling to read uh, 25 of MLK's speeches. And that also felt like really nourishing for me. So those are the two things that I sat with for two days, as well as like one day I meditated for like four hours. And I totally know that that is a form of privilege and not everybody can do that. And so I think that there are ways to design this in bite-sized ways. So if you do have kids, is there an hour or even two hours where you can go and say, hey, like I'm taking this time off. If you need anything, use this resource, not me, or go on a, you know, an hour walk that's a silent, a moving meditation, things like that. Even if you can bite it off in a, in a really small way, it can be so supportive of you. You know, thank you so much for that. I think it's funny because if I did it, my partner would be so happy because he thinks I talk too much. So <laughs> it would be like a joy for him if I was just quiet. <laughs> I think that's what happened over here. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm he, the relief if I would stop talking for two days. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so nice that you have different options depending on what's going on in your life, right? Like, so if you're a parent, you may not be able to do two days, right? But if you could do two hours, what would that be like? You know, and I think for so many people who might be laid off, who might be furloughed, um, most of us have worked our entire lives, right? Like, that's what we do. That's what we do is work. So this could be a great time for them to do something like this because this could be a privilege that they never had before because mm -hmm. they were always working. So that time to just kind of sit and say, like, is like you said earlier, like, is this the work that I want to do? Do I want to go in a different direction? What do I really want for myself? Because I can actually choose right now because I'm not at a job. Like I'm not, like I'm nowhere. I'm just right here in my house. Like I can just really choose what direction I want to go into, which could be magical for some people. And I, and I like the language around you were called to read, because I think that when, when you're given this kind of time, even if you didn't ask for it and now you have it and you've if you choose to do, to be quiet or have silence for two days and you're called to read something as nourishing as the Gita and MLK speeches, like something that's really going to resonate and like help you with your mindset and your shift, right? Because there will be a shift at this point in your life, no matter who you are, if you're working, whatever it is, there's going to be an internal shift. So those types of readings are so nourishing and so invaluable. I mean, that you read the Gita is just like warm in my heart. <laughs> I personally, 
have picked up a copy of the sutras of Pantanjali sutras, which I haven't read in a long time. And we've been going through them. And that's been really nice, too. And just like different, different scriptures and different readings and different things like that, that are really thought provoking and nourishing and like bring you home in a different way. I love that bring you home in a different way. That's so Mm -hmm. beautiful. Well, we don't have you for much longer. (laughs) So um, I just wish I could hang out with you all day because it's just really, this is so special. It's just so special. I'm really, um, I'm very moved today, but I want you to tell our listeners where they can find you. (laughs) Thank you both so much. This was the highlight of my week. This was so fun to be in a really real conversation in a way that's also light and joyful when it can be and, you know, naming the tough stuff when we need to name it too. And so I'm just so grateful for the two of you for having me for being in this conversation with me. Also for creating this podcast, because I think it's so important that we really destigmatize mental well-being, what's happening in that space and and providing a really beautiful low barriers approach that anyone can come into this conversation and feel invited in. And I'm just really grateful that you're doing that and you had me here. So thank you. Um, and then let's see, where can you find me? My name, yes. the spelling will be in the show notes. <laughs> the spell, yeah, it'll be spelled correctly. And I will say it correctly every time moving forward. You're amazing. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at Amina Altai and via my website, AminaAltai.com. All right. Well, thank you so much. And then um, a couple. We can't have Amina oh, shoot. I did question. it again. Two questions. Ooh. We have two questions for you. Is that like light, lightning round questions? Well. It depends. Okay. Nisha's so- going to ask you the questions and you get to decide if they're lightning round answers. <laughs> okay, Amina. So the first question is, how have you been kind today? I've been kind to myself today. I really woke up leisurely, did my meditation. I worked out, but I was like very clear that I didn't want to do anything too intense. Everything was, I was very kind to myself today. Awesome. Oh, okay. And what is your favorite 90s jam? Your favorite 90s song? <laughs> <laughs> we said 90s jam to someone and they didn't know what she meant. So now we have to they, didn't know what, they didn't know what jam was. They thought okay. I meant like marmalade. Like All right. He was, he was my age. I, we, gave, we gave him a pass. I understood 90s jam, but what, we gave him a pass. Anyway, 90s oh. song. For me, I can't nail it down to a particular song, but it would have to be anything Mariah Carey. I was obsessed. Like giant posters all over my wall. Even when she did Glitter, which everyone was like, that is the worst contribution to entertainment ever. I was like, I love her. Love that. Posters on my wall. So anything Mariah Carey. Oh, Mariah Carey Glitter. All right. That tells you a lot about me. Yes. Yes. And it makes so much sense. And I love everything about it. Well, again, thank you. so, Thank you so much. And everybody, thank you so much for listening again today. And um, if in real talk, if you are um, frustrated, lonely, anxious, uh, if this whole thing is getting to you and you need somebody to talk to, please reach out to bewellpsychotherapy.com. We're all working virtually. We're ready to help you. Okay. Everybody have a blessed day. Thank you guys. Bye. 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 Thank you you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. 
We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.